0: Any news from you this week? Because my mind just blinked about what I was trying to say.
1: Yes. Um, I'm gonna show. I'm gonna share something. Um,
0: Are you I texting? Have to find me?
1: It,
0: though.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, in a minute. I gotta find it. Okay. So, um, my sister's friend Angela. She makes. She's an artist. Oh. That's adorable. And she does like paintings, um some like resin stuff. She makes these little like dishes with uh, hand-pressed flowers and resin and it's so cool. Um, Uh and she drew these little watercolor bugs and they were so cute that I had to buy one.
0: I was gonna say, that's super cute.
1: Yeah, that's the one that I bought. Her... Etsy is Gold Cactus Gifts, I suggest uh, checking her out because they're really cute.
0: Off topic, sorry. Uh, one of the little chicks and the little ducklings escaped last night while I was trying to put oh. them to bed. Um, and they went underneath the shed. So I'm sitting there on my hands and knees and I'm reaching under there and Sheridan's like, well here, I'll take this stick and I'll push them over. And they're just standing there, like literally, they're just sitting. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And I'm like, get your little butt over here. And they're so tall, th- there's- like egg size, they're so small. They're just hanging out. They're just they just want to sleep out. underneath the shed. And I felt Who like hasn't wanted wanted to sleep underneath the shed. I mean, you know, bury me under a shed. I don't want to sleep there though. <laughs> but I just I felt um I was really really super afraid because the duckling that went under there I could get the chick no problem but the duckling like wedged herself against the ground in the top of the or the bottom of the floor and yeah. I felt so bad because I had to look I had to grab her head and I had to pull her head a little bit to get it to get her out and then before I could get a hold of her body like I felt horrible about that I was like oh please don't break your neck please don't break your neck I would have been so mortified Because that was the little Pekin that I got. Yeah. They had
1: quite a few at the tractor supply by my house.
0: Yeah, but I really don't need more ducks. The ducks I got were a fluke because they had one that I wanted. And then I was like, oh, look, these are buff ducks. I want some buff ducks. (laughs) And then, oh, there's there's a little tiny Pekin that keeps looking at me. I should get that one, too. I've only got one Pekin. I could have another one. <laughs> and then, oh, look at this one. It's got double eyeliner. I need it. Absolutely.
1: Eyeliner is a must.
0: That is how my thought process went. Cute one. That's the one that I absolutely want. Buff ducks that are going to be the really pretty blonde ones. And then eyeliner. And then peeking because it's looking at me. I've... Weirdly enough, I feel like that describes
1: the men that you like too. Hold on.
0: Blonde. How many blonde look. guys have oh, I look. dated? What? <laughs> what? Buff. Oh, buff. Mm, maybe Aren't as you a an Thor girl. I'm more of a Loki girl. That. Nah. Mm. <laughs> That explains the eyeliner.
1: <laughs> I think I'm just thinking of the type of guy that you look like you would like.
0: That I look like I would like? I look like yeah. I would like a buff guy? Like a buff blonde dude, yeah. I mean, to, to be perfectly honest, it's been a year. I'm not picky right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, be nice to me. Don't be an asshole. That's it. That's all I'm asking setting
1: the bar real over um <laughs> so hey guys uh welcome back to Miss misfortunes what's up i'm grace uh, and that's yeah, rachel
0: i'm rachel that's grace and rachel's currently trying to pop her back oh uh, and it my back it's been bothering me all day <sighs> did I'm you ovulating. sleep crooked? oh that could do it too i was like it's not raining you shouldn't be achy no it's supposed to rain tonight it's uh, maybe that's why mine hurts. Where are we at today? Oh, yeah. um,
1: Today we are in Lower Saxony, Germany. My sources are Britannica.com and wikipedia.org. Super simple. Woo-hoo. Yay. Like the simple. Yes. So, Lower Saxony is a German state situated in northwestern Germany. Surprising, right? It's a German state in Germany. It's a German don't ask state me. in Germany. Don't ask me but... why I typed it that way. I was half asleep <laughs> when I wrote the first half of this, and then I finished it the next day, so.
0: That's um, why I did not even write yesterday. I was, like, last night, I was so tired. Well,
1: I don't even remember what I did yesterday. Mac and Mel came over yesterday. Instead of, instead of today? of today, because they have dinner with Mac's mom today. Oh. So. um. hmm the name of Saxony and the coat of arms derives from the Germanic tribe of the Saxons, obviously. Mm-hmm. During the migration period, some of the Saxon people left their homeland in Holstein around the 3rd century and moved to, moved south, where they expanded into the populated areas in the lowlands. Um, in present-day Northwest Germany and the northeastern part of
0: what's now the Netherlands. In present day East Did Germany. Did I say president? You almost did. You caught yourself. Oops. Uh, It's funny
1: because I didn't even hear it. (laughs) So before the late medieval period, there was a single duchy of Saxony. The term Lower Saxony was used after the dissolution of the stem duchy in the late 13th century to Mm -hmm. identify the parts of the former duchy ruled by the House of Welf, which you'll probably remember from the last episode we did in Germany.
0: Velf? Elf. Oh, wait. Wait, wait. I remember because I was like, you said the House of Elf? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, so they uh, it was used to uh, identify the different parts. Um, so, from the electorate of Saxony um, and from the West Duchy of Westphalia? Westphalia, sure. On the other. West Philadelphia, born and raised. Born and raised. <laughs> so, for the last episode in Germany, I didn't realize until after we recorded, um, because I just watched a history, uh, video about the history, and it skipped over the Holocaust, and I didn't realize it after <laughs> we recorded. <laughs> Whoops. Um, which is an excuse, and I should, I I should have talked about it, so, uh, like, I wasn't Today. ignoring, it, I just genuinely did not, um have any mental capacity to do anything other than watch and copy a video off of youtube um so
0: like everything i keep seeing on facebook today don't rely on youtube videos for factual information oh i know absolutely
1: (laughs) um i did read a wikipedia article with it but that wikipedia article was very long-winded so i cut it but yes, um, so the Holocaust, in which German occupied Europe, Nazi Germany and its collaborators systematically murdered around 6 million Jews, around two-thirds of Europe's Jewish population, along with large numbers of the Romani people, people with disabilities, and LGBTQ plus people. Mm. Yep. They were murdered through mass shootings, starvation and beatings in concentration camps, in gas chambers and gas uh, vans and extermination camps. And there's far more than I can even explain during this section of the podcast. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of that prejudice has followed Jewish people into current times. Um, I've been seeing a lot of, like, anti-Semitic
0: rhetoric, rhetoric lately. Which, uh, it, it's been pissing me off a lot. It's one of those things, it should not still be a thing. Yeah, it, there
1: no, there's absolutely no reason for it. And... A lot of it is, like, a bunch of fucked-up conspiracy theories. Yeah. yeah, so I just thought this would be a great time for me to say, if you're antisemitic, please do not listen to our podcast. We do not like you, and you're not welcome. Yep. Pretty simple. Yep. <laughs> just wanted to put that in there. So, large parts of Lower Saxony eventually became Prussian provinces. Um, that's my grandma clearing her throat.
0: <sighs> okay. Uh... Yeah. don't know what I thought Um, it was
1: Yeah. so they became Prussian provinces until after the second world war and in 1946 the state of Lower Saxony was founded it merged the former Prussian province of Hanover with the states of Braunschweig Oldenburg and Schaumburg I promise (laughs) I'm not going to be any better so its capital became Hanover the first Saxon Parliament or Landtag meeting uh, met on
0: Landtag.
1: Si- it it's spelled Landtag. I'm sure it's more like Landhog or something. Landhog. I don't know. Lonepole. Just on Dog. Hagen Dog. I meant to say Hagen Das. What's wrong with me? Hosen Dog. Why would I say that? I don't know. The first Saxon Parliament, or Erlantag- Landtag meeting met on December 9th, 1946. It was established by the British Occupation Administration, who occupied most of northwest Germany during that time. After the war, the biggest task for the five-party coalition was to rebuild the cities and towns destroyed by air raids during the war. Mm-hmm. But that's not all. There were hundreds of thousands of refugees from Germany's former territories who obviously needed help Um, and this led to a shortage of homes for quite a long time Um, during the period when Germany was divided the lower Saxon border crossing at Helmstedt found itself um, it was the main transport to West Berlin so from 1945 to 1990 it was the busiest European border crossing point which helped the economy a little bit Um, the area was mainly rural countryside and was kind of weak industry-wise for mm-hmm. a long time. Agriculture has remained more important than in other states, but manufacturing and services are now like the base of the economy. Uh, some sites to see in Lower Saxony are the Lüneburg Health Nature Reserve, the Lower Ooh. Saxony um, Wadden Sea, and Hartz National Park's. Not to mention the many theaters got the architecture. And in the summer, the sand beaches and dunes along the coast are supposed to be really nice. So there's Mm -hmm. that too.
0: Oh, good. And that's my history. Yay! History! Boo! Holocaust! (laughs) As short as I could get it. short as you could get it. I get that. Okay.
1: So, you know how our lights were like flickering and doing weird shit?
0: Yeah, did you ever find out why? No, we
1: got an electrician out here and they fixed um, something we had going on downstairs. Um, I don't even know what it was, but they couldn't figure out why our lights were flickering because they would have had to stay here for a while and they would have had to check a bunch of other stuff, and it just doesn't happen as frequently as, like, it should, so they would have had to have been here for a while. Wow. yeah. Um, and they can't just sit around and wait for something to happen, so, um... Oops. why not? Well, we didn't want them in our house, for one, so... I know, um, yep. They looked a little bit offended when we asked if they could wear masks. So,
0: we're in a pandemic, man. You've got to wear masks.
1: Like, we were wearing masks, too. It's not like we were just like, we need you to wear masks so we can <laughs> cough on you. Only like,
0: you. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um. No, but yesterday, my mom saw a bird land on the power lines, and our lights flickered.
0: <gasps> oh. Whoa. So, and that and sounds like there's a issue. short.
1: Well, we had an issue where where the... Um, lines met our house there was some sort of weird tangle with the lines and lge LG&E was supposed to come out and like fix it mm-hmm. and, and they never did said they did like they did and we didn't have very many issues but then it started getting worse so we thought it didn't have anything to do with that because they had fixed it yeah so now it's just something else that's probably got to do with LGE, so we have to call LG&E tomorrow
0: Fun, but at least you figured out what it was, and like we think we could
1: sit there and watch the birds all day. So,
0: I mean, but now they could come over and just like start tapping the lines.
1: Yeah, very true.
0: Yeah, so I mean, have someone inside, have someone outside tapping lines. Throw
1: a stick at it, see if it works.
0: Sure, let's catch the stick on fire.
1: That's fine.
0: By throwing at electric, sure. Sure. Okay. Hey, doke. There's nothing so, around there they could burn. Yeah. So, my story this week is the Gode Murders, and my sources are Wikipedia, actually two articles on Wikipedia, Reddit, TellerReport.com, DW.com, and Tumblr.
1: <laughs> we love a good Reddit conspiracy thread.
0: Look, it wasn't a Reddit conspiracy thread. Cons- It's kind of a conspiracy, but it's also not. So, ultimately, I want to say that this is technically unsolved, so thank you for that. Oh, okay. Because you're the one that picked it out. Okay. But there is a very strong contender who the police feel might have actually committed the crimes.
1: Okay, good. Yeah. At least we'll have that.
0: Yeah. Unfortunately, there is not a lot of information actually regarding the crimes, So, this is really going to be more of broad statements. Okay. And assumptions about what happened in the aftermath. So, just let's dive right in. This is the one you said you,
1: you really liked, right?
0: Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, on May 21st, 1989, Ursula and Peter Reinold. Reinold? Reinold. Reinold. They drove from their home in Burgendorf to Godre. It is believed that the two went to sunbathe or have a picnic at the glade in Hunt 147. When the two... What? No. <laughs> Hunt
1: 147?
0: <laughs> That's what it said. Hunt 147. It's like a specific part of the forest.
1: Oh, okay. Like,
0: um, think Red River Gorge. They have different... Um, not necessarily trails, but just different sections.
1: Okay, gotcha.
0: When the two did not return home later that evening, they were reported missing. Their car was found roughly three hundred miles from the train station in Winssen and Derle. It wasn't until july twelfth, nineteen eighty nine, that the two were finally found. So a good two months later. Uh Three people were out picking blueberries when they stumbled across the remains. Due to the high temperature at the time, the bodies were highly decomposed, mummified, Ooh. and skeletized. Holy shit! Yeah. Can you they imagine? Are... I'm just going to get the berries. I'm just, I'm oh. just going to pick the ble- the <laughs> Those blabla- blabla- blabla. <laughs> the berries. The berries. <laughs> that's
1: that's I'm suck. going to pick the baddies. <laughs> I'm going to pick the berries. <laughs> Uh, okay. What is that? That's a vine, right?
0: I don't know. Babe. I didn't have vine. I didn't either. <laughs> they, of course, immediately went to the police in order to let them know. However, leaving Nagore, they ran into a brown-haired, well-built, roughly 40-year-old man who had a bag in his hand. The criminal polisi actually later believed that this was the perpetrator who had come out on that day for more victims oh like an asshole asshole. (laughs) (laughs) unfortunately a cause of death could not be determined on the couple because of just how far the decomp was Mm. the one thing that was clear was that this wasn't a suicide or an accident in fact the husband had an injury to his larynx Mm. that thing Uh, Which pointed to signs of strangulation. However, this could have also been done by a bunch of foraging wild boars. Do they just have those there? They do. Okay. (laughs) All right. Like if they just trampled over him while they were getting some food. Four hundred feral hogs. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Other possible causes of death were shooting or slaying. Slaying. That's not specific. Okay. But again, they couldn't really find any, any evidence.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh this same day, 46-year-old Ingrid Warmbier, Beer, Warmbier, and 43-year-old Bernard Michael Coping drove together to Goldre for lunch. The two were having an affair. Both were married, but neither of their spouses knew of their relationship. They parked along a side street and walked more than the two kilometers into the forest where they encountered the attacker. He then apparently threatened them with a firearm and tied their hands and feet with a low, leukoplast band. I had to Google what this was. It's um like the sports wrap bandage. Oh, like that gauze that sticks to itself when you wrap it around wrist, ankle, all that.
1: All of the things you could have used.
0: Right, just whatever. Um, He had both of them lay face down on their stomachs, and then proceeded to strangle Bernard, Bernard, Michael, Bernard Michael, and shoot him in the head with a five point six millimeter caliber gun. Shit. It is unknown what actually happened with the woman, but she was found with her skull smashed in, heavy chest injuries, with her blouse pulled up to bra level, and her bra cut. She, too, was shot in the head. The perpetrator then took Bernard Michaels' Polaroid camera and the keys to his Toyota Tercel, which he drove for a week before parking in the vicinity of a spa clinic in Bad Bevinson. Okay. Right. It wasn't until July 27th that police officers found their bodies 800 meters from the site of the first double murder. At this point, police believe that the murder happened the same day as the discovery of the first bodies. Yes. They tested theories regarding this, coming to the conclusion that even though the two locations were close in range, that because they were both in sinks, nothing could be heard. Mm -hmm. So... I'm just thinking, like little Caven Hill, mm-hmm. Caven Hill. Yeah. Uh, these double murders caused a panic in the region. Both press and television declared the forest the "dead woods." Walkers and day trippers subsequently avoided the forest for many years. So the investigation into who did these double murders originally began after the first set of remains were found. The police of Lower Saxony formed a team with 40 members consisting of the detectives from the region of Lüneburg. The team interviewed approximately 10,000 people, and a sketch was made of the suspect and published for a reward of 50,000 Dutch marks, which was about $30,209.71 in U.S. dollars at the time.
1: Dang. You said you uploaded
0: it to the drive? No. Oh. I uploaded something to the get to the drive. <laughs> it's um one of the suspects. It's the guy who they think did it.
1: Do you want me to wait? Yes. To look?
0: Okay. Yes. He was profiled as being brutal, aggressive, emotionally cold, alonal, A alonal, a oh. loner. <laughs> yes, alonal.
1: He's so lonely.
0: He, look, he's very lonely, apparently. Um, a loner, sexually disturbed, mentally ear, choleric, overcorrected, and introverted. Investigators also believed that he was a non-smoker and would not have missed a day of work. With all of this, investigators began looking into patients of a closed psychiatric facility who had been out at the time of the murders, as well as any guest of Pinch... Pensions? Pensions, hotels, and spas that were nearby. However, this led to nothing. They then looked into owners of vehicles that had been in the vicinity during the crimes, but this was also unfruitful. Dang. Then in Wales, June of 1989, a similar double murder occurred. The Dixon couple were shot close range along the Pembrokeshire coast path during a camping trip. When the bodies were found, the husband had his hands tied behind his back, The day before the murder occurred, witnesses claimed to have seen a man similar to that of the Gorday murders. The investigation in Wales was inconclusive until May of 2009, when 64-year-old John Cooper was arrested. However, no definitive connection could be made to the Gorday murders. Mm. In 1993, a man was overheard threatening his wife that she should not forget the Gorday murders, that she might come up to the same fate if she continued to cheat on him. <gasps> what a, I mean, that's well, one, a dick move. don't cheat, but two, don't, don't threaten but that.
1: Even if you do cheat, that's no reason for anybody to say shit. <sighs> right, like that to you. Wow. right.
0: That's the just fucking no. audacity. This was, of course, reported to the police, and upon reviewing the file, this seemed promising, as the man had a firearm card on a small 5.6 caliber weapon. To make matters even more promising, the man fit the physical description of the suspect and came from an area where he would have had local knowledge of the forest. This was important because of how remote the area of the murders took place. After a search warrant was issued... His weapons were confiscated, and he and his wife were interviewed. Investigators had no incriminating evidence against the man, though. He even had an alibi. Hmm. Unfortunately, the investigation and accusations hit him hard and bothered him a lot, as it would most, and he committed suicide in 2005. Shit. Yeah. The investigative team was eventually dissolved due to not being able to find the murderer, And the head of the investigation then retired in 1997. Only two detectives remained to sporadically work on the case. Mm. In July of 2009, some evidence was finally found. Two hairs were discovered in the Reynolds vehicle, which was not the victims or belonged to the environment in any way, like, you know, animals. Mm. However, even after DNA analysis, the culprit still couldn't be found. But there were two main suspects. First was the husband of the unfaithful wife in the second murder. It is theorized that he hired a hitman to kill his wife and her lover for their adultery. Oh! But he apparently got the wrong couple the first time and had to commit the second act of murder on the intended targets. That's
1: a good theory.
0: That is a good theory. But that didn't lead anywhere because that's just stopped there. Oh. That's where the information stopped, like nothing else. Um, The second suspect is a man named Kurt Warner Witchman. He was a primary suspect pretty much because of his previous criminal record and just so happened to be on sick leave from work during the time of the murders. Hmm. In fact, one witness claimed to have seen him but because he wore glasses during the time, he claimed that Witchman did not match the composite drawn of him. So. All you do is add some glasses. And then it's not hard. It, it really throws people off sometimes. Clark Kent. Yes, exactly. We got a Clark Kent here. So now you can look at the picture of him. Oh. Um. Kurt Werner Wichman was described as a blonde, down-to-earth man with a well-groomed appearance. As you can see in the picture. I don't like him. Mm, he has a face. I don't like it either. <laughs> he has um, a face. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't. He, I don't <laughs> like his face. He's, mm, he looks like someone who would be really douchey. Um, you know who he reminds me of? Huh.
1: Anders. Do you remember Anders? From high school? mm mm-hmm. The foreign exchange student? I probably Wait. never met him. I feel like
0: everybody knew them, though. I really didn't pay attention. I was literally way too focused on school. If that's one thing I could go back and tell myself as a teenager, stop focusing so much on school.
1: So, drop out. Yeah.
0: Get, I wouldn't get say drop band. out.
1: Drive around the country. <laughs> You'll be fine, dude.
0: <laughs> no, I wouldn't say drop out. I would just say be a kid because... I feel like I focused way too hard on school, and I did not get a chance to be a teenager. So,
1: I mean, that's what we are taught to do. So,
0: yeah, that's definitely one thing I'm gonna tell my kids: like, chill. Um. Okay. He was silent, and said to have cold, icy, all-seeing eyes. All-seeing. All-seeing. No, that's not the exact words that they used, but I liked all-seeing better. (laughs) He was also described as being an arrogant, egotistical loner, which I'm sure his frequent use of sunglasses and gloves did not help that. Nice. Were they, Um, like, black leather? Probably. Probably. He was very charming and popular with the women, apparently. So... At this point, I do have to mention that there is a brief uh, mention of sexual assault here that may be triggering to some listeners. So if that pertains to you, please fast forward about 10 to 15 minutes to Grace's story, or at least five minutes till we get past it. (laughs) Okay, so he was kind of rough from the get-go. He was born in 1949, and that's literally all I've got. No month, no date. They did fantastic with their records. He did not live with his parents but rather in a care home for children with round-the-clock supervision because he had some behavioral issues. Mm. He apparently didn't want to stay there any longer and stole money in order to get back to where his parents were. All right. At least that's how I interpreted it because German does not always translate very nicely into English. Um, Apparently his father was also kind of violent and it is believed that he severely mistreated his sons. Witchman's first crime was committed at the age of 14 when he threatened one of his parents' subtenants with a knife and even tried to strangle her when she caught him trying to steal her money. He was an mm-hmm. asshole at 14 too.
1: Yep.
0: He spent three weeks in juvenile detention for this. Only three weeks. At 16, he attacked a passing cyclist and sexually assaulted her. Fuck. This only gave him six months in probation. Then in 1967, this dumbass threatened police officers with a small caliber weapon, and his punishment was a year's worth of juvenile detention. (laughs) The following year after he got out... 38-year-old Isle Gherkins was shot in the back four times with a small-caliber rifle while cycling through the forest. Sadly, she died on the spot, but witnesses saw a young boy who looked like witchman fleeing the scene. The police then filed a report on him, but even though a small-caliber rifle and newspaper clippings were found on his person, he was not charged. Two years later, he was sentenced to five and a half years in prison for the rape of a 17-year-old hiker. He also attempted to strangle her, but she persuaded him to let her go. So she's a badass bitch and handled the situation very well until she could get away for help.
1: That sucks. That's so awful.
0: It is awful. And I want no one to go through it. But the way she handled it was perfect. Because he could have killed her.
1: And that's not the same. Thankfully, do don't, not. Don't handle it well, but. Damn. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. During his first five years and six months in prison, he met a woman through a personal ad, whom he then moved in after his release in 1974. I will never understand this. What? Meeting How... people in personal ads who are in prison? Yes. Yeah. I I, wouldn't want to.
1: (laughs) I can't imagine being, like, dating someone who's in prison
0: for bad, bad shit and then be like, you know what? They're the one. (laughs) They are totally the one. They set my loins afire. Set my loins afire. That's the title. (laughs) (laughs) He lived with her in Karlsruhe Karlsruhe? for three years. I'm going to say Karlsruhe. And coincidence or not, several hikers in the area were killed. Mm. Then in 1977, he moved back to Lundberg, worked as a cemetery worker, and married a wealthy woman 13 years older than him. Really? Really. They also had met in a personal ad. You don't... I don't... don't, uh, Which brings me to the question, though. Are personal ads still a thing? Or just... I mean, are are there digital personal ads? Because no one reads the newspaper. Craigslist misconnections. This is the closest <laughs> I think you're going to get
1: um, with uh, the invention of, like, dating apps and stuff. I feel like the
0: closest you're going to get to that is Craigslist misconnections. Misconnections. Yeah. Some of those are gold, though. Maybe I should. No, I'm not going to do that. Um, okay, sorry. Anyway, he eventually inherited his parents' house after they passed away. And on August 14th, 1989, the same year as the double murders, 41-year-old Bridget Meyer disappeared. Initially, it was thought that she had committed suicide or that her crazy ex-husband killed her. However, then a connection was made between Meyer and Witchman. They had apparently met at a party. He was then interrogated, but any suspicions were dropped when he gave an alibi that was confirmed by his wife. But he hid the fact that he was on sick leave at the time of Meyer's disappearance. Hmm. The case was dismissed until 1993 when the appointment of a new prosecutor in Lundberg... Further investigation against Witchman led to a police search of his house, to which they found several additions that were not there prior to his inheritance. Oh. He had a secret room behind a soundproof door in which no one beside his brother was allowed to enter. Inside, police found two small caliber rifles, a gas pistol, Hold on. stun gun. What the hell is a gas pistol? I did okay. not Google that. It's fine. I, I'm gonna okay. Google it. I'm, I'm on. I'm gonna Google it. It's just another gun. Okay. Uh, okay. Um, stun guns, blood-stained handcuffs, tranquilizers, sleeping pills, newspaper articles, and videotaped TV reports about unsolved murders. I'm so- well, okay. So that last thing isn't very weird anymore, at but least. But the rest but of it
1: very much. The is. rest of
0: it is very much weird. But what was even more suspicious was that the videotaped TV reports were of the shooting of Isle Gherkins, the two double murders in the Gorday Forest, wow. and the disappearance of Burgess. I'm
1: sorry. That
0: is, it, he, did, he did that. He did that. Witchman and his brother ran. They fled from the police as soon as the search began on the property. And it wasn't until he stupidly got into a car crash that he was arrested in Heilbronn. Unfortunately, 10 days after his arrest, he hung himself in his prison cell, leaving a very cryptic note to his wife and brother to clean the gutters, but do it very carefully. Uh So you would think, oh, so this is the end, right? Yeah. This is the end of the solve. I mean, he's dead. No. In 2016, those handcuffs that they mm-hmm. found that were all bloody, they tested the blood. It wasn't a match for Bridget Meyer. With that evidence, they did a full, extensive search of his old property, at which point they found skeletal remains buried under the garage. Oh my God. Forensic evidence revealed that this was Meyer and that she had been shot. Holy shit. Investigators now strongly believe that Witchman could have been a serial killer and that he could have killed up to 200 people. 200? Where are they getting that? 200. In 2018, police did another full investigation around, around Witchman's old property and found over 400 items buried. These items included women's clothes, shoes, hammers, axes, knives, and an entire fucking sports car with bloodstains in its backseat. He was literally hiding stuff and he was apparently super good at it. So I'm siding with the police in saying that Witchman is a very good contender for the murder of the Gore Forest couples. He buried a fucking car? He buried a fucking car. A sports car at that. Those things are long. I'm very glad that (laughs) I I suggested this.
1: Wow, what?
0: He buried a car.
1: So they think with all of that evidence that they found that he could have killed up around 200 people? Mm Mm-hmm. That's insane. As far as
0: I know, no bodies. But mm -hmm. What
1: did he do with the bodies? I don't know.
0: Apparently he got sloppy at the end. He got sloppy in whatever year that was, 1974. I
1: closed it. I mean, it. it does tend to happen. The longer you go without getting caught, the sloppier you get.
0: Yeah, 1989. He got sloppy. So, that's just my story. Oh, that's it? That's it. Oh, man. That's it, and he for sure looks like a huge douchebag.
1: Wow. Okay. Um, well, <laughs> what is your story? My story is the Pied Piper of Hamlet. <gasps> the Pied Piper! Yes. Um, so.
0: With all the little mice in the pipes? Yeah, yeah, basically everything
1: I knew about this was from Mickey Mouse. <laughs> I don't know who covered it. I heard it on one podcast, like, a couple of years ago, maybe? I don't know. But I was like, that's an interesting story, so we're going to do it. So I have three sources for this. They are Wikipedia, Ranker.com, and AncientOrigins.net. So, the Pied Piper of Hamelin, who is also known as... Rattenfanger von Hamlin.
0: Rattenfanger von it's Hamlin.
1: Like, you've heard of Edward Scissorhands, but have you heard of Ratfinger von Hamlin? <laughs> that's what that sounds like. Rattenfanger, ratfinger, Ratfinger. <laughs> ratfinger von Hamlin. Ratfinger. <laughs> yes. Um, he's also called the Pan Piper or the Rat Catcher of Hamlin. Um, it's. Obviously, a legend from the town of Hamlin, Lower Saxony. Mm-hmm. Um, the legend dates yep. back to the Middle Ages, so while it's an old tale and everyone kind of knows it, it's also so old that no one knows the truth about it, which is part of the reason oh. I wanted to cover it. Yeah. So... The earliest known record of the story is from the town of Hamlin itself, depicted in a stained glass window created for the Church of Hamlin, which dates to around 1300. Mm-hmm. But the church was destroyed in 1660. So that stained glass is gone. Yeah. Several written accounts...
0: That's long gone. Yeah,
1: like... Bye. <laughs> long gone. Several written accounts of the tale have survived, and a modern reconstruction of the window has been uh, recreated by historian Hans... Delberton. It features a colorful figure of the Pied Piper and several figures of children dressed in white. You'll see why later.
0: So it's concerning the main, that's very concerning. Yes. The main version of the story
1: spread uh, as folklore and has appeared in the writings of Johann Wolfgang von Go- I don't even know how to say it goeth Goethe.
0: No, I thought you were going to say Mozart.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, the Brothers Grimm and uh, Robert Browning, among many others. There are a lot of contradictory Mm -hmm. theories about the Pied Piper. Some suggest he was a symbol of hope to the people of Hamelin, which had been attacked by plague. And he's still often thought of as such, so... So here's the basic, widely accepted story. In 1284, while the town of Hamelin was suffering from a rat infestation, a Piper dressed in multicolored clothing, which is where the Pied and Pied Piper comes from, it literally means of two colors. So... This dude appeared in a multicolored outfit, claiming to be a rat catcher. He promised... <laughs> <laughs> claiming. Uh, he promised the mayor a solution to their problem with the rats. The mayor, in turn, promised to pay him for the removal of the rats. Piper accepted okay. and played his pipe, which lured the rats into the Weser River, where they all drowned.
0: He planted those rats. <laughs>
1: Despite the Piper's success, the mayor reneged on this promise and refused to pay him the full sum because it's not like the rats could come back. They're all dead.
0: <laughs> He's funny. He
1: went so far as to blame the Piper for bringing the rats himself, like you said. <laughs> uh, saying that he, he planted probably them. just wanted money, was trying to like um, extort them. Enraged, yeah. the Piper stormed out of the town, vowing to return later to take revenge. Later that year, on St. John and Paul's Day, while the adults were in church, the piper returned dressed in green like a hunter and played his pipe, attracting the town's children. hundred and thirty children followed him out of town and into a cave and were never seen again. Depending on the version, at most three children remained behind. One couldn't walk very well and couldn't follow quickly enough. Yeah. The second was deaf and couldn't hear the music, and the last was blind, so couldn't see where he was going. Aww. And these three informed the villagers of what had happened when they came out of the church. Other versions say that the Pied Piper led the children to the top of Koppelberg Hill, Transylvania.
0: Koppelberg?
1: Where? Koppelberg Hill, or Transylvania, or that he made oh. them walk into the west, uh, into the river like he did with the rats, and they all drowned. Some versions state that the piper returned the children after payment, or that he returned the children after the villagers paid several times the original amount of gold. Which like, several times all the way. So, yeah. back to the stained window. It's actually considered to have been created uh, in memory of a real-life tragic event in this town's history. Yeah, and Hamlin Town records start with. This event, Like, there's nothing before this. That's weird. Yeah, the earliest written record is from the Town Chronicles in an entry from 1384, which simply states, It is 100 years since our children left. Which... Since our children (laughs) left. How creepy is that? Uh, It's a little creepy. So, the Hamlin Street named,
0: I'm going to butcher this so badly... I mean, I butchered every name in mine, so you're good. Um,
1: Bunjilawsonstrasse? Not great. Uh, which translates to street without drums, is believed to be the last place that the children were ever seen. So ever since, mm-hmm. music or dancing is not allowed on the street.
0: Well, that's sad. Yeah. I don't want to live there.
1: <laughs> Balloonberg Manuscript um, from circa like 1440, 50. Gives an early yeah. German account of the event rendered in the. It's in an inscription on a house known as Rattenfänger House or Ratcatcher's House um, or Pied Piper's House in Hamelin. Um, yeah. It says In the year 1284, on the day of Saints John and Paul on 26 June, 130 children. Born in Hamelin, were misled by a piper clothed in many colors to Calvary near the Coppen and lost. Yeah. Nice. According to author Fanny nice. Rostick L- Lumen, um, Fanny. Fanny. this is the Fanny. oldest surviving account. Uh, Koppen, uh which is meaning a knoll or doomed hill, seems to be a reference yeah. to one of the hills surrounding Hamelin nobody knows which of them was intended to be the correct one um, but there's nothing else written about it so So, although research has been conducted for centuries no explanation for the historical event is universally accepted as true and while rats were definitely a nuisance at the time in Germany, there's little evidence to suggest that the Pied Piper was actually a rat catcher or that he was hired by the town. In fact, there was no mention of rats at all until, like,
0: circa 1559. So, I mean, they still existed. They just weren't a problem. No, I mean, they were a problem
1: for sure. It's just there is no mention in the actual story of rats until, like, the 1500s. Okay. So, eh. So we're gonna go into some theories about what it could actually be. Theories, yeah. So the first being that he simply bought the children from their parents, which wasn't uncommon well, at the it, time. Yeah, it was a th- it was a yeah. thing. The theory is basically that illegitimate children, orphan and uh, orphans, and other children that the town couldn't support were sold to a recruiter from the Baltic region of Eastern Europe. Interestingly, mm-hmm. there. Are documents showing that people from the area, like in the Baltic region, including like from Hamlin, s- helped to settle parts of Transylvania? Okay. Also, a linguistics professor named Jurgen U- Udolf so- <laughs> says that Udolf. 130 children did vanish on that day in 1284 from the German village of Hamlin. He said that uh, he entered all of the known family names in the village at that time and then started searching for match- matches elsewhere. He found that the same surnames were found in large numbers in the regions of North Berlin. Oh. He also found that the same surnames in the, former, in the former Pomeranian region, which is now part of Poland. Oh, oh, Pomeranian. He said the children were probably just unemployed youths who had been sucked into the German drive to colonize new settlements in Eastern Europe. And then the Pied Piper may never have existed, but there were characters known as locators who roamed northern Germany trying to recruit settlers from the east, or for the east.
0: So the Pied Piper was a locator.
1: Could have been. And some of them were brightly dressed, so that part could have been correct. Yeah. Alternately, they could have just been any citizen who was willing to immigrate and were recruited by landowners um, in a lot of places. And, uh... According to some historians, in past times, all people of a town were referred to as children of the town or town children, so that's a big possibility. Yeah. Yeah. Another theory is that the children uh, in the town died of natural causes like the Black Death or starvation, and that the Piper was actually a symbolic figure of death.
0: Oh, well, I mean, that's a nicer symbolic figure than... But... The
1: Black Death was most severe in Europe between 1348 and 1350, more than half a century after the
0: event in Hamelin,
1: when all the children disappeared.
0: So, not...
1: Not entirely likely. um, But there are other scenarios in which the children could have died, um, like in the river, um, or they were killed Mm -hmm. in a landslide, or contracted some other disease. And since death was a common theme in, like, Music, dance, and poetry during the time, and the piper could have been something
0: they used to represent death in those things. So it could have been maybe like a school full of children that just could have burned been, down, or yeah. yeah, okay.
1: There's another theory that the children could have been lured away by pagans or um, other persons thought of as a heretic to forests uh, nearby for uh. ritual dancing, where they were all killed in a
0: landslide.
1: <laughs> We're collapsing sinkhole.
0: Okay. Very interesting theory. I thought you were going a different route with the pagan. That's why I was like, ugh.
1: Yeah. Um, Other theories suggest that the Piper was part of the Children's Crusade, which for those who don't know, the Children's Crusade were, uh, I think it was like 1212? Uh, Don't ask me. They were like failed efforts led by a French boy and a German boy to convert Muslim kingdoms to Christianity and reach the Holy Land. In the German story, the boy Nicholas recruits a large group of children to travel with him on the crusade, and most end up perishing along the way, or migrating to different areas. Some suggest that the Pied Piper was Nicholas. Mm -hmm. The Children's Crusade wasn't well documented, and the date might have actually been wrong, so it could have been way off and had like nothing Nothing. to do with it. Couldn't even be possible. But, um, yeah, so it seems very likely this had nothing to do with it. Yep. The worst theory to me was that there was a pedophilic serial killer in Hamelin, but this one's been mostly debunked as... Um, the man who wrote about this theory places the events 100 years after the written mention in the town of Chronicles. Um, oh, yeah. It's unlikely that one man could learn kill nearly every child in a town in a short period of time especially undetected yeah also the man who wrote this did so without any supporting evidence whatsoever so
0: Mm -hmm. people like the non-supporting evidence of course this
1: one is interesting and i think it's my favorite okay what is it so There was this phenomenon in 13th century in Germany called dancing mania. Oh, yeah. Yeah, groups of people began dancing involuntarily and wouldn't stop for days until they collapsed in exhaustion or worse, which scientists and historians still can't explain, like, if this was a mass hysteria or if it was a virus. Like, nobody knows. But when these outbreaks would occur, it was typical for a musician to accompany the dancers to ward off the mania somehow.
0: It just um, makes you want to dance more.
1: Apparently. But in 1237, a large group of children traveled from, I don't know where either one of these places are, but from Erfurt to Arnstadt, about about 20 kilometers jumping and dancing the whole way so like this could explain why the piper went with the children but doesn't explain why they wouldn't return
0: yeah unless they all
1: died which
0: was entirely possible back then yeah and most people keep on going
1: back to like the idea of a landslide or accidentally drowning which did happen to 200 people who danced too hard on a bridge over the moselle river apparently
0: and the bridge just collapsed i think so um yeah
1: there have been a lot of adaptations of this story, from like fairy tales, books, songs, movies, comic Peter books, Pan. operas, and it's been mm. in car- included in card games. And although the most popular definition of Pied Piper is a charismatic person who attracts followers, there's no proof there was ever actually a Piper. And I think it just shows that stories can influence people in our society more than we realize. Uh,
0: yeah, 100%. So, it's
1: obvious that there is historical proof that something happened to the children of Hamelin, and the truth has sort of turned into a folktale that's changed quite a bit since then, but no one knows the truth. Like, what the fuck happened, you know? Yeah. But present-day city of Hamelin continues to maintain information about the Pied Piper legend and possible origins of the story on its website. An interest in the city's connection to the story remains so strong that in 2009... Hamlin held a tourist festival to mark the 725th anniversary of the disappearance of the town's earlier children. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That... June 26th is known as Rat Catcher's Day. And in the United States, is really interesting. There's a similar holiday for exterminators based on Rat Catcher's Day that has failed to catch on, which is supposedly like July 22nd. <sighs>
0: Oh, hey. And, uh, that's the Pied Piper family. <laughs> Peter Pan. I'm gonna keep saying it. Peter Pan. That's all I could think of every time he kept saying Pied Piper, Peter Pan. I don't, I don't feel it. I feel it because luring the children away. Sure. But the music and on top of that, like... Girl, girl. Pan I know, pan. I know. Had a pan flute.
1: I know. But the flute that they describe isn't like that. Well, oh, they could know.
0: have just described a weird one. I don't know. I don't know. like a like a flute. Not a Yeah, like a, a, like a flute. recorder. Yeah. I don't know. Perhaps we may never know. And the world may never know okay so you can follow us on instagram facebook and youtube at myths and misfortunes
1: or twitter at myths misfortune or you can search for us using our full name
0: myths and misfortunes we do pop up you can also send us an email to myths and misfortunes at gmail.com please please do because we would love to read some listener stories
1: oh my god please do it
0: please please also, come visit our website, mythsandmisfortunes.com. Yes. Our
1: theme music was composed by McKean Fulbright, and our art was created by Heather Marie Atkins.
0: Their websites can be found in the description below.
1: And please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. We'd appreciate it a lot. I think my mom gave us a five star rating on iTunes. Oh, really? She I'm going to have a new
0: iPhone. <laughs> I'm gonna have to check iTunes then. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Yes, thank you. Goodbye. Bye.